It's time to delve in a delicious cup of coffee. Hi. Hi. You're just in time for coffee. Somebody get me some coffee. Want another cup of coffee? Good. To the last drop. Don't forget your coffee. And bite into some tasty conspiracies. This is Coffee and Conspiracies. Welcome to Coffee and Conspiracies, where a couple clueless college kids review fresh brews and debate conspiracy views. I'm your host, Riley, joined with only our other host today, no guests. Thank you all. This is Logan. I'm happy to be here, and I'm always happy to co-host with Riley. This is going to be a really good episode today. Today, we're doing something a little bit different, a little bit less structured, a little bit less um, talking about a specific coffee bean or, or how it was made or anything. It's sort of a rainy um, kind of bleak day, even though I personally really love rainy days. I, I love the fact that it is happening outside. Like when my my roommate Russ, who's a brother of me and Riley's, was like, yeah, it's going to be storming and I'm going to be schnoozing. I was like, okay, that's completely fair. But I didn't recognize the magnitude of storm that was going to be taking place. And I love this magnitude of storm. However, I was slight bit scared in my sleep last night, especially around specifically around 5 a.m. when that crack of thunder really came through. I hate being in it. That's that was the point I was trying to make is I love watching. I hate being in it because that I, that's problematic for me. See, I was having a ton of trouble sleeping um, until uh, I got woken, like, like woken up from like half like kind of crappy half sleep mm-hmm. from from the like really bad thunder. I'm sure we're talking about the same thing. Oh it my was gosh, like yes, it was shook, shook my apartment. I just it sounded like a whip crack right outside my window, and I was like, and my window was slightly cracked. So I thought for a second, like the force of it, like almost busted in my window, and I went, "Yep, no, closing the window now." And like I just lifted up, or like I reached up, shut it down, locked it back up, and went right back to sleep. I was like, "Nope, that's a bad idea." But yeah, I've been sleeping like crap the whole night, mm-hmm. and then I woke up to that thunder and fell asleep, and I slept like a baby. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was just out. <laughs> no, I no, see, and that's that's again, that's why I love storms so much. Like my favorite thing to do at home when it's storming, and it doesn't happen often often in Vegas. It snowed recently in Vegas, like in the lower valley. Like it was 30 degrees and it was sleeting. Like it was almost apocalypse weather. Isn't Vegas like a desert? Yeah, we're, but we sit 2,000 miles at uh, 2,000 eleva- feet elevation. Wait, really? Yes. I didn't know it sat that high. Mm-hmm. We sit in the valley, but our, so the mountains around us, the highest peak I think is about 10,000 feet. Huh. And Vegas sits in the valley between those mountains, which is about 2,000. Owensboro sits about 700. Yeah, no, that's, I, I didn't know that. That's cool. It's one of those, which is one of those things that I've picked up growing up, you know, being involved in scouting as much as I was. I always was checking elevations because the higher elevation you go, the harder things get. The harder it gets to breathe, the harder it gets to cook, the harder yeah, it gets I bake, to, it like. it changes. I mean, you, you got to change a lot. It's, oh, yeah. it's surprising how much that little bit changes, but with baking, like as a chemistry, you know, every little change is going to cause a huge My effect. favorite thing about like atmospheric uh, influence, I guess would be the best way to put it, is um, music, acoustics, is mm. how much that affects acoustics. And like yeah. the slightest drop in pressure, like atmospheric pressure, could mess, could either really improve something or mess something it, up. It changes everything. Oh, you, yeah. You have to like, like a lot of times you can have to retune instruments. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't usually uh, have to do that. I don't take my guitars like to Denver or anything. So. No, uh, the, what I was taught when I was younger, when I was first getting into guitar was uh, turn on your bat, turn on your shower, like hottest you can go, let the steam build up and just put the guitars in the bathroom for like an hour with the steam and it'll help uh, like rejuvenate the wood. 
Yeah, you're you're actually well. There, there's a way, like, there's a whole science behind it and a better way to do it. But like, if you go to a guitar store, they mm-hmm. have rooms that are humidified. Oh yeah, for all the acoustics because it it extend it just it's good for them. The the wood but shrinks, the, the which problem, causes problems with the the sound production. That's yeah. exactly what it is. See, the main problem though is um like getting it like taking it to a place like that. It's the same thing with temperature. Right. Um, if you ever have an instrument, uh, and it's going to be in your car and it's either hot or cold outside, like. If you can avoid it, don't. It'll it'll no. Mess I 100 agree. But if you can't avoid it, like you gotta have it in a case because the case acts as a way to slowly change temperatures. Because I mean, it's it's wood and metal strings. Like I mean, well, in some cases nylon, but like it's wood. You take wood from a cold temperature from the AC of your house and put it into a boiling hot car. It'll warp it, and it, it'll warp it. But the other thing, too, is that it also depends on the type of instrument as well. Because, like, oh, I yeah. have three different types of guitars, and they all respond different well, ways. Every one of them is going to respond Exactly, and it just it just depends on what it is. I feel like we, we jumped down a very interesting rabbit hole for the beginning of this uh, episode. But, <laughs> again, it's the rainy weather inspires good conversation. Yeah, I guess well, be the Welcome best to Coffee Conspiracies <laughs> and Weird Guitar Facts. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we should do some music conspiracies like down the road. Yeah, it'd be fun. That'd be fun. Um, Elvis isn't dead, or maybe. Tupac. I don't know. That's <laughs> on here. That's on this list. Is Tupac isn't dead? Well, we'll get. To, we'll, it's, it's on the. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's sort of a good segue into what we're doing today. So first of all, we're not doing a normal. I, I haven't made some coffee in this special way or whatever to bring in. Um, today we are reviewing good old fashioned Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> Um, a nice rainy day. I got myself a latte. Um, Logan got himself a black coffee that's no longer a black coffee. Nope. Um, and we don't have one conspiracy we're working on today. Uh, and it sort of stemmed from we had one conspiracy we were looking at talking about, and we were like, you know, this this is like a good one, but we we it's were, very quick. It's very quick. Like it's not something we could spend twenty, thirty, however the long dissecting, talking about. Like it's not one of, as I would say, it's not one of the like big ten conspiracy theories or like one of the tent poles of the conspiracy community. This is one of those. Oh hey, this is a thing that happened. What? Let's talk about it real quick and give our quick thoughts and then move on to something else. So what we've done, stemming from the conspiracy that sparked the uh, <laughs> idea, which I'm excited to talk about for one. however like, short, which I don't know if we're going to be able to tease it in our title. We'll have to be very tricky and ooh, clever on how we do. Maybe but, maybe we do like a maybe do like a, like a quick facts title or something like that. Yeah. Like, yeah. like quick so, coffee and quick facts. This is your version of this is our, your sixth episode of Coffee and Conspiracies this week or something like that. So, uh, what Logan has done is he has found a an article by the New York Magazine that is straight up just fifty different conspiracy theories. Some of them really popular, some of them super obscure, but fifty conspiracy theories with a little bit of information to them um, that uh, again, like New York Magazine put out, and it's all like different fonts and different sizes and everything. So it really matches. Like that's how you know this is good conspiracy content because nothing is consistent. Like Um, just in that base level of knowledge, like that's how, you know, I found, I hit a gold mine in in a way of speaking. So, um, it'll also, I think it'll also be a good segue into next week because I I don't want to spoil what we're doing next week. No, 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 no. Cause it is, I'll just say, this is one that I have wanted to do since before we started doing the podcast, mm-hmm. since before 
uh, the radio station director Derek and his infinite wisdom has allowed us to uh, use and abuse the podcast. Basically, Riley was like, "I want to have this conversation, but I really, really love to do it with an audience." So he weaseled weaseled's the wrong word, but it's going to be used for this. <laughs> he weaseled his way into having a podcast with the station to talk about this one thing next week, and that is completely okay in my opinion because I would have done the exact same thing. And currently, we plan to talk about it with a he. Now he has a doctor, right? Yes. With yeah, with one of the professors on campus who has a doctorate in physics, so we'll let that sort of. Si- However, sort of that simmer. doctorate in physics does not limit his imagination to what this type of show, and I because I feel like that would be something that people would have like a would be kind of skeptical about is like a man in man in physics. He uh you know is grounded in facts, which is true, but something that people forget about the uh, area of physics is that there's a lot more theoretical than factual. And that's my favorite. That's why I love physics as a science subject. But that's just me. But I'm crazy. Plus, he's just fun to talk to. Oh my god, I, I had him awesome. for a, um, I had him for a physics and like arts class mm, last semester, class. talking about like music and uh, everything from like how music and physics interacts, like and how all that works to like how you see art, how you perceive art. Super, super it, cool. Class. It was a class I really want to take, but I ended up taking his intro course instead, which was still very like eye opening mm-hmm. to how things work. But in the middle of one of the, uh, in the middle of one of our classes, um, I had been, I guess I'd like answered a few questions and he asked another one and I'd raised my hand. Um, and he pointed out to me and he was like, as much as I would love to be on your podcast, I'm going to let somebody else answer this question. And so we were like, all right, we got, we got to have him on. Like he, like he gave us to. a shameless plug in class. We're like, okay, we got to have him on the show now. It's as simple as that. But anyway, next week is going to be a treat. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm beaming. Very much excited. looking forward to it. I'm, re- I'm very, very much looking excited. forward to it. But uh, no, today, um, yeah, we're doing simple, unstructured. As you can already tell, we've spent like 10 minutes talking about nothing. <laughs> Literally like nothing to do with a conspiracy and or the coffee that we are actually like actively participating in, which I find hilarious. But this is what we kind of wanted for a structure of our show anyway, so. But yeah, today I've got me a, a good old Dunkin' Latte. I got some caramel in it. Um, because I like lattes, like, what's the, term? would it be flat if they've got nothing else? No, I don't think it'd be. Um, I, I like lattes without stuff in it, but I like lattes with caramel in it more. <laughs> see, that's completely fair. Like, uh, I would consider it like, there's a term out there called frou-frou. Like, have you ever heard it like that? I don't know. Like, I, I don't know how popular that term is on, in the Midwest or on the East coast. That's what my mom uses. Cause my mom is a frou-frou coffee drinker. Cause she, she's <laughs> like me. She doesn't really like the normal taste of coffee. So she'll go to Starbucks. Like, I know her order by heart. It is a white chocolate mocha with cinnamon dolce sprinkles, hot and cold. Wait, hot and cold? She, there's a hot version and a cold oh, version. Oh, I thought you were saying she gets it, like, hot and cold. Like, they, they make it hot and pour it over ice or something. I was like, In retrospect, the way I worded that does sound like that. No, my mom is not insane. She just likes her hot version and her cold yeah, version. Yeah, just put so a little icy both. hot in the coffee and... <laughs> I want to talk about Icy Hot one of these days because I feel like there's more uses for it than what we actually use it for. But that's a whole like it's a whole separate thing. Um, But where I'm going with this is that like frou-frou coffee, I would consider like anything not bought at the store and or made in your home, quote unquote, frou-frou coffee. Okay, like going to Starbucks, going to Dunkin and getting like. I want my uh, iced cappuccino with six pumps of coconut. Like that is frou-frou coffee to me. Like the, the insane, what would be is perceived as the insane extreme of the coffee world that everyone partakes in. Again, we always, we don't try not to like judge on this show because everyone has different coffee tastes and that's completely 100% okay. 
I'm just saying it is perceived as extreme with the amount of crap that people will put in their coffee. I can't say anything though, because I put a lot of crap in my coffee because I like crap in my coffee because I like mixing things together, but that is just me. Sorry for the side tangent. I had to, I had to get off. I'm going to get off my little soapbox now about coffee and you know, move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're good. Um, so today, yeah, we've got a couple weird ones. Um, do we want to lead with the, yes. okay. Go, okay. We'll go ahead. So I discovered this last night when Riley and I were trying to be like, Hey, what should we talk about tomorrow? And I was like, I don't know. I got to come up with some ideas. And he's like, I don't really got nothing. I'm blanking. I was like, again, we really like this. We really, we had a plan before, but, um, sickness and schedules, all things sort of happen. We had to up, reschedule. So. So we're like, we still want to record this week, but we don't really have like a set big topic to talk about. So I was looking through this article and I'm scrolling. And like Riley said, there's, they're just all different fonts. And it was bugging me that that was like one of the case, but I was like, if you like, if you're not paying attention, you're going to miss something specific. And that is exactly what happened with this topic that I found. Cause I was scrolling and I just happened to catch it with my eye. And it's so, so small that I had to like blow it up on my phone screen. And the title simply said, Snapple is owned by the KKK. Without question, I opened that section of the article. I took a screenshot, sent this to Riley and went, we're talking about this tomorrow. And he goes, a hundred percent. Yes. So that is our first mini topic for the day is Snapple at one point was perceived to be owned by the KKK. This has since been debunked. I'd like to point that out. But the idea of why this became a thing is very interesting to me. Hit me with it. Okay. I got to pull up the other article. Because it, the one on New York Magazine literally had, like, a paragraph. And I was like, that is not enough information. I need more than this. So I'll tell you what at least that article said. Because it is, the way it's uh, framed is very interesting. Once it opens. All right. So all it says is this. Uh, see that strange floating K on the label? You know, right above what is obviously a stenciled slave ship? What? That is all it says on this article. So I went, hold up. Okay, so apparently on an older Snapple label, like the Snapple raspberry flavored iced tea, so older Oh, labels, lemon flavored as well. I, I just found a picture. Right. Of there is in the design stenciled ships that look like ships from back in the colonial days of history, right? Well, if you look at the smallest ship stenciled on the label, you just like blow up the image a little bit. There is a K with a circle around it. And everyone thought this was the symbol for the KKK. Everyone thought Apple Snapple was owned by the KKK. First, just first impressions. Um, I mean, that's, that's like a bit of a stretch. <laughs> like, okay. I mean, well, you know what? First impressions, the first thing that came to mind when I saw this is, Hey, you know, no, no harm, no foul. Arizona's better. Um, <laughs> Personally, I disagree, but right. I, I, but that's fair. Let me tell you, a big, a tall boy of Arizona raspberry tea that you can get for ninety nine cents at your Walgreens. That is the that is. See, I, I don't know. Maybe it's nostalgia. My grandma used to buy those for me back when, like, I'd go over and visit my grandma. She'd always have a couple of those in the fridge. So I guess it's not nostalgia. But I will say, 
I mean, I know it's tangent, but I will say whatever the new Snapple like flavored drink is, they've got like an apple and like Ooh. a watermelon. So I, my personal favorite like is the strawberry, strawberry kiwi. kiwi. That's my personal they, favorite. They, but it's the first drink I've ever had that actually tastes like it. Oh yeah, like it's not watermelon flavor. It no, tastes it's, like it a watermelon. actually strawberry and kiwi. Like I love it. I'm allergic to apple, so I can't eat apple. <laughs> That's but right. I can drink the apple one. Oh really? It it, it, okay. I see. I mean, okay. In my honest thing, opinion, I have a little bit of the anaphylactic <laughs> chakra. I mean, what's the worst? I was like, but I slightly kill myself every time I drink apple, it, but it's worth it. Apple's my favorite fruit. And so drinking that, I was like, oh. well, here's the thing is I know exactly what you mean. Cause I remember the first time I ever drank apple snapple. I was like, this is good. However, I made the comments and it just, it just in the perception of how I tasted it, it was too much apple. Like it tasted too much like apple. Like it was too real for me. And I was like, <laughs> I cannot drink it. Okay. But so the basis of this theory, it, is it really just the K yes, over it? Yes, that is a all shit? it is. That is all it is. Okay, so I found what this. I'm saying, this one's talking about the lemon flavored one. Okay, um, I didn't know there the was K different. Is, the K is bigger. Oh, is it? Because you're saying it's on the smallest one for the raspberry. On the yeah. lemon one, it's like the forefront ship. Really, it has like a K above it. Yeah. So, so there's different iterations, but the point is that this K keeps popping up. Now, I found a separate article because again, I wanted more information. You know, being a dubious student that I am, so I found this one. It's on a website called FastCompany.com. And all it says is made to stick, Snapple the KKK, and making ideas credible. So the, the the prompt just goes something like this. How do you get people to believe your ideas? Well, there's something we can learn from the really sleazy ideas that catch on. For years, Snapple struggled to fight rumors that it supported the KKK. The idea was completely absurd. As one of the founders of Snapple said, how could three Jewish boys from Brooklyn support the KKK? <coughs> right? So that's the lead into this story that I was reading about the quote-unquote evidence of why this is not true. Can I hit you with an even easier thing? Go for, for it. For evidence of why it's not true. Um, would you, what, who do you think the parent organization for Snapple is? Like the parent company. Lipton. Uh, what I found is Keurig Dr. Pepper. Okay. Which, but Keurig Dr. Pepper is owned by Coke. Yeah, isn't it? Or like Pepsi. K. Keurig K. There's a different reason the K is not what it oh, is, but really? that's not a bad explanation. Okay, okay. Okay, it is simply the two things that they bring up as to why this is just simply not true is A, the ships are meant to represent the ships from the Boston Tea Party. It's Snapple Tea Company, Boston Tea Party. Like, Oh, okay. So that's the yeah, first thing. Yeah. The second thing is the K is supposed to mean it's kosher. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait. Snapple's kosher. Snapple's it's owned kosher? by it's owned, the founders are Jewish. That's sick. That's awesome. So Snapple's kosher, and so that is what the K means. But everyone thought it had to do with the KKK. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so um, I think it changed a little bit, but yeah, like uh, I, I found a thing on the on Snapple.com's frequently asked questions: Is Snapple kosher? Um, and they said uh, most of our Snapple flavors are either kosher or kosher de, which is kosher dairy equipment yes um dairy equipped uh there's different, there's different levels to kosher you can check whether your favorite flavor is certified kosher by looking for the kosher symbol on the label so that's exactly what it is that's exactly what it is okay and yeah. so i really find it funny that they were like they were like yeah snapple's kosher and everybody thought it was the kkk yeah, right that's what i'm saying <laughs> like it just it seems crazy to me that this was the conclusion that like everyone, like a group that a group of people in our society came to. Well, I mean, why do you think that is? I guess I would be know. the question. It, it reminds me of the uh, big Dungeons and Dragons scare. 
the yeah the, in like the 80s the whole, yeah the whole like you're summoning demons and everything because mm-hmm. uh that was it's satanism it's gonna turn your kid exactly. like yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. i know yeah. exactly well, what you're talking about it's it was mainly because like you could fight demons and fiends and devils and all sorts of stuff in D&D because it's supposed to be a fun adventure game and there's nothing more fun than being adventurers who are killing demons and devils. Right. So and I guess freaked out. without doing it explicitly w- what group of people would you describe as the people who believed this theory? The Snapple theory? Yes. I I couldn't say. I'm not really sure. See, yeah, I that's why I'm so confused by it. Like yeah, nothing nothing I I mean I could see a lot of people, I mean, you see how theories and stuff spread. Now we've got social media everywhere. You, right. can, you can spread a theory by a simple but I assume post. This, but I assume this happened like 20 years ago. Uh-huh. I don't actually know how recent this is. I just know it happened and was debunked. Yeah. That's I'm not having sure how recent. Um, but I mean, I, I really could see it being somebody being like, hey, like this is the symbol for the KKK. Like, look, Snapple's on by the KKK and pass around and like, it's going to spread. That's just how, that's just how things are. Right. Um, but. Do we, do we want to give each of these a quick rating? Like, yeah, I was like no saying, explanation, like, just a number rating? Yeah, like, I would say, like, I'd give, like, uh, do you want to do a scale of five instead of a scale of, a scale of ten? Because yeah, they're little mini ones. Because they're mini ones. Uh, I'll give it a three. I'd give it, like, a three. Okay. Like, a two or a three. Like, it's it's one of those, like, huh, why do you exist? I like, like, I don't hate yeah, yeah. that you exist, but why do you exist? Like, that's, that's the part that keeps tickling my brain, is I can't really put my finger on why this was believed in the first place. It's just one of those things, you know? Okay. All right, what are else? you are you ready for the next one? Yes, go for it. I've got a fun now. I have one that we're gonna. I've I've uh, decided on the one we're gonna end on, and it, can I surprise you with it? Yes, perfectly. Okay, great. Okay, but this one's just, not the one just we're gonna know end if on. I name it off. Tell me no. Okay. Okay, that way I don't like yeah, yeah, say yeah, it yeah, beforehand. Yeah. Okay, so here's another one to talk about. Um, from the from the same New York magazine. Um. Don't want to don't want to skip out on giving them credit since no, they're our is, primary this source. Is, no, honestly, like I got to give credit where credit is due. That's good journalism. Um, okay, so this one's super simple. Ready? Sure. The U.S. government is going to seize your property, poison you with dietary guidelines, and kill all the bees. Now, this is not three conspiracies. This is one. There it is. I was lo- <laughs> I was looking for it. Like I was trying to find it on. Oh, I've reached my monthly article limit. That's. Mm. <laughs> oh. Gosh darn you and New York magazines. I guess we're just gonna have to look it up like outside. Like we'll just use this as the source. Uh yeah. You, the the theory I it goes by Agenda 21. Um the US government is going to seize your property, poison you with dietary guidelines, and kill all the bees. So this is this is the same Okay. Plan. Breaking this down just off 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 the cuff, just with what you're saying. Um the first part doesn't make sense because A, the Fourth Amendment. Secondly, poison with dietary guide. I, that that I'm like, what do it's they actually mean? Messed up. What was it? I'm actually reading it. It's really messed up. Okay, this conspiracy. The third thing, killing the bees. That's more of a. I see that happening. That can't happen. Even though I don't like bees, they are vital to our economy or economy, I mean, society, or ecology. That's yeah, the go. word out. Ecosystem. That's what I was looking for. Well, yeah. I mean, it, it can happen if it does, everything dies. I don't, yeah, because like bees, bees are really vital. Like, I, I don't like bees. I, I have You like that fruit have, so much, Riley? I have. You need bees for that. I have a legitimate phobia of bees, but they gotta stick around. I know. Without bees, we don't have like flowers, we, it, I mean, we lose a lot. We die with bees. With yeah, all all like, them vegans honest, and vegetarians we probably, out we there, die you, you lose, quick you lose bees. bees. I have a funny one for you. So 
Well, well, we'll come. We'll talk about it after this. The poisoning with dietary guidelines, though, is I've just looked. See, I, I picked this because I was like, this is huge, like a huge unnecessary block of text that doesn't feel like it goes together. Right. Um, and then I started reading it. Um, <laughs> Late apparently on, the whole dietary guidelines thing people believe is, uh, quote, soft kill eugenics. Uh, okay, so remind me. And anytime me, people start talking about eugenics, I get like, you know, the ugh. right. Eugenics. Remind me, eugenics is like um, assisted suicide, right? That's no, like no, the, no, 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 no. Remind me, what is eugenics? Uh, eugenics is like um, what's a kind oh, of is genetic it? cleansing? That's right. By I've talked about this before in a garden class. Yep. yep, 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 yep. There, there oh, was a really so big you're saying that, that through dietary guidelines, the government is trying to in, enforce. Um, uh, natural selection? No, no. Trying to just depopulate the earth, like get rid of people. That, see, the primary theory is it's targeting um, impoverished people to get rid of poor people so that rich people can with thrive. Dietary gui- with I'm, dietary guidelines. <sighs> yeah, no, it's Explain. an interesting theory, but it said it. That's, the that's, the, that's my hangup. Is the dietary guidelines? The second I read the word eugenics, I was like, "Oh, this is bad." <laughs> like. It's yeah. not something to mess around nope. with. Some people have, as most people learn about in history, done some bad things. <laughs> but um, yeah, no, it's so it's like uh, the name of the uh, the name of the thing is Codex Alimentarius. Um, I don't know if it's based on a real thing or, or what it is. But some things, some projects within the government are named uh, with Latin, just because the. Yes, because, you know, why not make it suspicious? Right. Um, But I guess the plan is to use use these, like, dietary guidelines to reduce the population. The article here from New York Magazine says to a manageable level of 500 million million or so people in the world. Um, Which I'm like, that's a lot of people you you gotta kill. Uh, I wouldn't say that's soft. I would say that's pretty to 7 billion to 500 million. That's, that's a jump. And that's then, apocalypse level. That's yeah. The, you know the first thing that just popped into my head when hmm. you said that is uh, Kingsman, the first movie. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Have you it's ever all the rich read? Get to um, there's a there's a young adult novel. It's actually one of my favorite books. Um, um, I'm not sure. Ah, man, it's been so long since I read it because it's, well, it's a young adult novel. Yeah, I, called, I love. I love. It's young adult called novel. The Roar by Emma Clayton. I've heard. Um, I and no no I think sponsor I've heard anything. Of it. I just really enjoy the book. No, no, Basically, I think I've heard of it. The whole premise of the book is there was a great, like there was an apocalypse level plague okay. that made it so people could only live in these cities. These cities had like walls put up around them because outside was uninhabitable. It was just a waste. So most apocalyptic young adult novels. Well, yeah, and, but animals have become like horrible, mutated, unkillable that's beasts. A, that's an interesting So take. they've got these like, it's like half mile tall walls with um, with razor sharp barbed wire at the top so wow. animals can't get over. Um, and it's like a tier, it's sort of um, like a tiered level. So you've got all of the uh, like quote poor people living below and then all the rich people live on a platform that sits above them and blocks again, out the sun. Most apocalypses that's how it ends up being. Um again, there's a conspiracy I feel like there's a conspiracy within the fact that those books have been consistently coming out for the past mm, ten years. Uh no, this is a lot older. This is a lot older. That's what I'm saying. Like that was so like when did this come out? I'm not sure. But to, but to we, we mean like you mean like like Hunger Games Divergent, like those yeah, types of yeah. books. I'm saying we we've been reading apocalypse books books since you and I were growing up. That's oh, yeah. what I'm trying to say. Continue. So, um, spoiler alert, skip ahead if you don't want 
um, like pretty much the whole main. I'm gonna read it, but I don't care. Yeah, anyways. the whole main point, the entire main point of the book. So, spoiler alert. Here's your warning. Um, basically, like the kid who's the main person gets into a program where they get to fly like spaceship fighter pilot things, and it's it's like a whole premise. It's like a game, but it's a game. It's in a game. It's like a video okay, game. Ender's game. And if you win the tournament, you get to actually fly one. Like you get to actually pilot a real one. And so this kid wins the game or something. Um, she pilots a real one, and they they always say like, "Don't go over the wall. It's not inhabitable. You're gonna die." She goes over the wall. Uh, there was no apocalypse event. There was no bad thing that happened. Basically, rich people bought up all like just bought so much land, forced everybody into these walled cities, tiny walled cities where they're living to the point where everybody's dying of disease faster than they can repopulate. So the population is dying out. Um, if you go outside the wall, the entire planet, everything's fine. It's actually so... thriving. Rich people just have super big fancy mansions in the middle of grand, huge forests because they were tired of being around people and just, so 1984 meets Ender's Game meets Maze Runner. I don't know. It's it's a really it's it is a young adult novel. No, that's interesting. I I want to read this now. Yeah, it's got that's a lot of young adult novel tropes. But so I how do the it. animals factor into that? No, it's just part of the propaganda. Seriously. Yeah. No, animals are fine. Animals, huh. but every see everybody's afraid of animals because like I think at one point the kid like gets a pet monkey or something. Oh, that's cool. And people are terrified because animals carry the plague. Animals mm. carry this disease that killed everything. You got to get away that from the animals. It. Um, and then like yeah, the kid finds out like oh it. shoot, like it's just like yeah, animals are fine. So that was a really long tangent to basically kind of for Riley to explain what he was trying to explain to me in this theory. The, so then, okay, I guess the fun, I guess, so does that also explain the whole seize the property yeah, yeah. Uh, aspect of this as well? Exactly. Yeah. Kill off people, take up their property, give it to the 500 million or so rich people that but survive. But they actually want to kill the bees. That's the other thing. I don't know how this factors in, but I, it's the whole, the entire basis for killing the bees is just like, I guess, um, according to this, according to this theory. More than thirty percent of bees in the United of like the bee population, the United like the bee population in the United States has decreased by thirty percent since right. two thousand five to whenever this conspiracy theory was making its runs, um, and for some reason that just gets added into the conspiracy. Like there's literally nothing I can find to actually make the connection between. So maybe killing this the bees. was more of a someone like hit like had a little too much of a fun bender weekend <laughs> and was like. I saw, this is how I see the world ending. Yeah, like the they're going to end up killing drugs. the bees. This is what the government's going to do. <laughs> yeah, the Beatles were doing drugs on a weekend. And <laughs> Shaw. <laughs> Hashtag throwback. But yeah, no, like that's, that's okay. the whole thing. Okay, so. They're going to take your property. They're going to kill everyone off. And I guess bees bees dying means they're killing uh, the bees. So <laughs> quick rating of this one. Uh, what do you what do you think? I I don't know if I should give it a one or a five. I want to give it a five. Like I genuinely want to give it I a five. I think it's hilarious. So uh, I'm going to give it a five for hilarious. I'm going to give it a one for structure. <laughs> I'm going to give it one for, I would give it a one or a two for a structure more, uh, more along the lines of like, this doesn't make sense. Even after like reading up on it, it still doesn't make sense how it fits together. But five, because you're right, it's hilarious. And it's funny to think about. I know. So real quick side tangent, because this is something that I, um, a friend of mine came up with high school and I just want your take on it as a potential explanation that would discredit a group of individuals within our society. Okay. Because of the fundamentals of what exists. Okay. Vegans cannot truly exist. Oh no. 
I had a friend of, I didn't come up, this is not mine. Uh, my friend Annabelle came up with this in high school after taking an environmental science class, that, an AP environmental science, which is what we offered as a potential class to take. Mm-hmm. Fundamentally, vegans cannot exist because of what plastic is made out of. So vegans' entire thing, they're, they're vegans and vegetarians, are specifically vegans, are they are against using any sort of animal product, animal-based product, mm. because of torture of animal, whatever the reason. Vegan, people have many reasons for being vegan, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. right? And this isn't to, like, dog on vegans. Like, your dietary choice is your dietary choice. She posited this, like, explanation to me, and I, I kind of bought into it, and that is, they don't believe in uh, using any sort of animal-based products. However, there are things that vegans still use they don't realize are animal-based products. So therefore, fundamentally, they cannot be vegans, such as plastics and gas. I mean, I'm sure a lot of them probably, like a lot of people who like follow that belief probably know, but like it's pretty hard to live life Again, without th- and that's And that is that is that is the ha-ha funny about this is that you're striving so hard, yet if you re- like... Haha, ha, you're not enough of a tryhard. You're not using electric cars and plant-based um, plastics. Or you see where I'm going with this? Yeah. It's, like, it's a it's a teasing like method. It's like mm-hmm. a hey, you want to be vegan? You can't use gas. That's based off of fossil fuels. That's dead animals. It yeah. was just one of those things that she explained it to me, and I went, "You're right. They can't be." And she said it to the environmental science teacher who was vegan, speechless, no response whatsoever. I mean, but yeah, because it's hard to live life like. Without uh, and it sucks, but plastic is such a huge thing. Oh, yeah. Um, even though it's like destroying our planet to use and to leave out and, oh, and yeah. stuff like it's that. It's just so cheap to <clears throat> make. It's, it's and in so, everything. It's an it, like I I wish we had found a better way to do plastics. I, I wish we had found something that wasn't so detrimental. But to are you know the future. you're not wrong again I, I guess I, I go back to I wish the money was invested into a better way to dispose of plastics yeah yeah if we could dispose of it in a way that wasn't like wrecking everything um that'd be great <clears throat> because it is really handy and it's useful for a lot of things like but like <clears throat> I know recycling doesn't work but I would love to believe that recycling yeah, works yeah I wish. like that's one of those things um but yeah no like I I have a um I, I have a family member an extended family member who um uh, who like became a vegan right. and um, uh, he was like struggling a lot with being able to diet mm. and lose weight because um, he, he wanted to, he wanted to lose right. weight. No, right, right, right. But I mean, he went onto a vegan diet and like lost an absurd amount of weight. And I like, I look at him now and I'm like, like you are an entirely different person. And then he stuck with it afterward because he's like, all right. Yeah. Um, so like I, I used to make jokes and stuff. Now I try to make sure I ask like, hey, is it cool if I like joke with you about, you know, being vegan, like being like, cause some people like it's a choice, but there are also, you know, there are some people who have like medical conditions where they, where they have to be. Mm-hmm. And there are some people that do it out of principle, like, like you're talking about, like wanting to avoid. Um, and again, there's nothing wrong with yeah, that. No, I mean, it was just, it was one of those, ha ha, I get to mess with you about this now kind of thing just because why yeah. not? Cause it's tough to avoid, you know? Oh yeah. Like. But I mean, I, again, I, I respect anyone who oh, yeah. like takes a stand on their ideologies and everything, as long as there's no like hate involved in it going and, either and that's way. That's as simple like, as that. That's as simple as that. That's just why I love that the fact we can talk about conspiracy theories because that is the realm for like ideology to be discussed yeah. the most in the like least impra- not least impractical way, but the least obvious way. Yeah. Other than just outright <laughs> saying it. So I've actually found something about the gangster rap thing. Oh, okay. Let's, so, let's hear. I, so I wanna, so. This is from NPR. 
Oh, okay. So, uh, NPR, I feel like we use a lot. I mean, they've got some good They got some good stuff. So it, all it's titled is The Conspiracy Against Hip Hop. And this okay. came out October 8th, 2020. This is actually a podcast, but I'm reading the script of the podcast because it's going to help me like uh, expedite this process. Uh, oh, we're just copying their homework now. <laughs> I'm saying we're just utilizing our resources. And that's my <laughs> okay. that's my opinion. So all it says is, so the, uh, Rodney Carmichael, the host, this is his part of the script that just goes like this. It said, back in the spring of 2012, somebody took the time to generate a Gmail account, username John Smith, the address industryconfessions at gmail.com. Mm. They composed the message with the subject line, the secret meeting that changed rap music and destroyed a generation on April 24th at 1.30 p.m. and hit send. Oh. Right. So reading it, listening to it, you uh, basically... Carmichael describes that there was a closed door meeting with a small group of industry insiders held at a private residence on the outskirts of LA. Uh, didn't know uh, the writer of the letter. He didn't know exactly why he was invited there at first, but soon after everybody, everybody gathered a man who only just introduced himself by his first name, started pitching the room. And he goes, it might've sounded something like this. And they have an unidentified actor, like playing out the scenario on NPR. That's why I love NPR. Cause they actually like, they, they have a lot of good production. They do. Quality. And that, and like, it reminds me of like, um, drunk history. I don't think I've seen, I don't know. What you're so talking the whole about. point of drunk history, it's on the history. Uh, I think it's either on the history channel or like history or like the travel channel, history channel mm-hmm. adjacent, which as I like to call it is basically like actors will drink and then talk about history, oh. but they'll like break it down to where people can understand it better. And that's why I like when NPR does stuff like this, because it helps people like actually imagine how that scenario. Now I'm saying that's not exactly what happened, but it's, an, uh, it helps people imagine how that scenario could have gone down. Okay. And then cool. ways a way of thinking about it. Basically, the unidentified actor, his line says this, and this is how the meeting could have gone. I'd like to share a very exciting opportunity with you all. Your companies have invested millions of dollars into building privately owned prisons, and your positions of influence in the music industry can actually impact the profitability of these investments. Now, at this point, the writer says everybody in the room looked at each other in confusion. The person continues. So it's now in your interest to make sure that pre- that these prisons remain filled. Your job, marketing music that promotes criminal behavior and rap music, that's the music of choice. Hmm. This dude, who was somehow in connection with private prison systems, influ- this is the theory, influenced insiders of the music industry in L.A. to promote rap music as a way to keep prisons filled. Wild. That is the theory. First impressions. Uh, first impressions, I don't want to get too political or divisive on any of no, there's it. No, I don't think there's a, you can get political with this. I don't think getting political with this is necessary. I, I could see this being something like a conspiracy or whatever that was made up by somebody, um, just to like, I don't know how the best way to put this is. I could see some at being as somebody who didn't appreciate a genre of music that was predominantly led by, um, like people of color. And made up a conspiracy to make it seem like it was this whole thing where they were just trying to get people into prison. That that's so, my that's my so the first saying, thought that came to mind. So you're saying that the individual who came up with this theory did it because they didn't appreciate rap music or Yeah. The the first thing that came to mind is somebody who was probably like racist came up with this because it's like uh, rap and hip hop is like predominantly see, I took it the other way. Which is someone who was like uh, a social justice warrior was like, this was made to like, you know, put down our people of color, yada, yada. Like someone like saying like this actually happened in order to like, because the, there's always the perception. And I, I kind of buy into the perception that people on the higher of the totem pole put down people on the bottom of the totem pole. And most people on the bottom of the totem pole are unfortunately people of color. 
So something like this happening makes sense because it's more of a, they did it for the business reason, but the business, the business decision had real life consequences. And that is a potential way why we're in the position we are in this country today. So you're, you're thinking it did happen and somebody unearthed it. And I'm thinking it didn't happen, but somebody tried to make people think it did happen to like get people scared of or to stop. And see, and that's a, but, I, but what you're mentioning is also very plausible. Like I'm, I'm just mm-hmm, saying mm-hmm. I, my first impression was like, I could see this happening because I believe that things like that happen more. I, just as a, just to put this out there, I fully believe in the Illuminati. Like I fully <laughs> believe, like we got to talk gotta about that. We got to talk about the Illuminati one of these days, but I fully believe in the idea that backroom deals happen way more than anybody thinks. And that's only because it's becoming more popular in culture, specifically with Hamilton, the musical, like that is my main source of evidence. Yeah. I, well, I, I mean, and again, not to get on a super political side tangent, but like you, you know, rich people can buy like senators and stuff. Yeah. Just, just pay them to, to do what they want. 100%. And everything. So like backroom deals, like would... money talk, backroom deals and money talks like that. Those yeah. are like my two main points. When, for that. when you got people who've got <clears throat> like billions of dollars and they've got stuff they want done. Like, I feel like with billions of dollars, if you have something you want done, you're going to get it done. Exactly. Especially if you pay. have fellow people that are in the same mindset. Yeah. Now you've got 20 people with billions of dollars who you all want to get the, the same thing done. You can start forking out money and money talk. Like you said, mm-hmm. money talks. Money talks. Like, I mean, money, money talks. Oh, yeah. Especially in, like, the current state of at least U.S. economy. Like, money really, really talks. talks. So that's my, that's my first impression is I see this as a – so I always – again, the question I always ask when we talk about conspiracies is what would this – how would this impact society if it were true? In my opinion, this is one of those things that if it were true – Oh my gosh. Like be, riots yeah. in the street. Like there'd be so many things happening if this were found out. I to mean, be true. rightfully so. Like don't I mess agree. with our no. music. No, yes, yeah, so <laughs> like, I completely agree. Like, saying, so I say our music. Like, don't mess with music. Like, yeah. Like yeah, I don't hate, mess with music. Like I the, the why I hate hate part of this theory and why part of it this leads to why I think it's kind of true. Because at the same time, I see it as they don't understand why people find music important. They're only in it for the business aspect of it. And that's the part that bothers me. Yeah. I mean, well, music, when you listen to music, it, um, they, they, like we've done studies, we've done like EKGs and stuff. Right. I think it's EKG. It's EKG or EEG. Either way. I think it's uh, EKGs for your heart. Listening. That might be it. Yeah. Well, either way, listening to music activates like all of your brain, Mm -hmm. like all of it. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think that's why it's so impactful and why, like, memories can be written to music. Like, you, me, music can bring up memories. Memories can bring up music. Like, music is such a deep ingrained thing because it, it activates so much of our brain. Playing it or listening to it or anything, it's become so ingrained in our culture. And it's a, it's a unique form of expression. You can express yourself. You can express your art style, your personality, your beliefs. Um, what you love, what you hate, all through music in a way that it's impactful. I mean, have you? I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it's just me. Maybe, maybe I'm just too emotional. But like, there, there are some songs that like, not even by the words, just by like the actual music of it and the way it's written. They'll, I'll give they'll bring you, a tear I'll, to my I'll eye. I'll give you one example that anyone like in our generation could potentially agree with. One note, everyone knows exactly what song it is. Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. Yeah. Well, another one. One that doesn't even have any words. The Up theme. 
people listened to that and like I haven't actually listened to the up theme in a hot minute. The, but the but like you've seen up, yeah, right? of course, yeah. Okay, listening to that theme, oh yeah, because it's already written with emotions from the movie. You're watching the movie, you're hearing it. You know, if unless unless you have no heart, you're crying your eyes out. See, you listen to it again. It's yeah. It, see, I feel the same way about uh, the uh, score from Avengers Endgame, the Portal score, mm-hmm. where they all come back. Like that is my one of my favorite pieces of uh, score ever written. See, because every time I feel it, I'm just I just talking about it right now. I have goosebumps. I'm not a big Marvel Cinematic and Universe that's okay. fan, but I'll even say I listen to it. I love it. It gets me. It gets me goosebump feeling. It gets me hyped. And uh, I'm about to show off some of my nerdiness here. I actually use it a lot. I um for for our listeners out there, um I am a professional dungeon master <laughs> for D and D games, and I I use music from like Marvel Cinematic Universe movies a lot for a couple reasons. Uh, primary reason, some of it is super awesome. If you want to have like a dope boss fight with a super cool enemy, oh, yeah. like playing that it. it the other reason, and actually, like, kind of probably right up there in the same reason that I use that music is because of what you said. It has such a connection to you, it gives you goosebumps. Mm-hmm. And the Marvel Cinematic Universe is such a popular, like, I such agree. a hugely popular, I guess, like, set of movies, like, it's, movie it's, umbrella. It's, it, is, it is now mainstream culture. Yeah, it's Which so I'm okay with because I, I was part of a time in, or I was part of the end of the comic books is not, is counterculture. Like, I think that has changed a little bit because because of these movies. Yeah. But like if if you're playing, if you're playing a game of D&D and you're walking into the final boss room and like, that starts playing, and that I'm starts immersed playing, immediately. You're exactly. You're boom. You're into it. And so like, yeah, I, I but like I think it's what music is so much more than just notes, you know, mm-hmm. it's so much more than just notes together. It's so much more than vibrations in the air. But that's also all it is. All it is is notes. It's vibrations in the air. But, but it has such a in, integral impact in our psyche as an individual that it's one of my, that's why I love music so much. Imagine life without music. <laughs> I can't. Exactly. I can't. That, that sounds awful. And that's why I say like, leave music alone. <laughs> right. And that's a fair point. So like if we were to rate this theory, what what would you rate it? I'd say I'd say five out of five. Five out of five. I'm also there. Just because of the impact it would have. Because the other way I interpret it is that the person who sent that email was a whistleblower. Hmm. Yeah. Which is why. But again, your theory is just as plausible as mine. But I think I believe in mine just a little bit more because someone took it upon themselves to be like, hey, this is something that happened. Potentially. Yeah. I mean. But dude, it would be, it'd be honestly, it'd be a little heartbreaking. I agree. I hundred percent agree. Just to see like, firstly, um, again, not to get like super crazy political or or anything, just to see like, oh yay. Like here's more oppression of like a specific thing that is like most notably like, like a specific genre of music that's most notably performed and held up by people of color. Right. it's just like, oh yeah, yeah, we're gonna let's have more of it, you know, like, it, and, then, and that's the, again, that, and that's the heartbreaking thing. That's exactly. that's the heartbreaking aspect of it. Exactly. Again, and then they made a they made a business. <laughs> exactly, they made a lucrative business decision that had negative world world uh, real world potentially real world consequences. Yeah, that's the way I look at it. Okay, okay so tsunamis. Or Actually, what time? Are, what time are we at? We're, we're far enough in that we should probably wrap up. We're not gonna do the last one. I know that's what I'm saying. We should okay, we, 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 we move to the last one. Okay, I do want to do so, that tsunamis one because that's 
Maybe we could do a whatever we call we this, this part we could two. Do the, yeah, we could do this again down the road if we ever like need to. Yeah, no, I just Bre- the maybe bring in a couple in. people. Yeah, Caden and Colton would be good ones. I yeah, would do Caden and Colton. I'd be like, yeah, we're gonna do some mini ones. Let's let's have some conversation about it. Okay, so our final our final topic. Um, you already actually mentioned the name of it. Uh, so we'll call it a little teaser. Um. As a callback to episode two of Coffee and Conspiracies. I, I still think episode two is my favorite episode we've done. Uh, it was so fun. I, I had a good so, time. So, John Lennon Infamous was Beatle. killed. Was it December 8th, 1980? Sure. I don't exactly know the date me, off the top of my head. I just know that he was of the... So, uh, to give a quick history of the Beatles, uh, of the four of them, two of them are still alive, supposedly. Um, <laughs> supposedly. <laughs> supposedly. Paul McCartney, supposedly. And... Um, Ringo Starr are the only two Beatles still alive. Mm-hmm. George Harrison and John Lennon have both since died. George Harrison died in an accident? Question mark. <laughs> I think one of them was assassinated, and I know it was John Lennon. John Lennon was shot and fatally wounded on the 8th of December, 1980, in the archway of the Dakota, his residence in New York City. Correct. He was shot and fatally wounded. Now, See, I thought it was at a concert, but that makes sense, too. Uh, yeah, it says it says he was shot in the archway of the Dakota, um, his residence in New York City. Okay. Shot get, and killed December 8th, 1980. I never actually looked into it. I just knew he was assassinated. Which, first of all, may he rest in peace. Yes. John Lennon, oh, we will miss you. We don't talk about Yoko. I don't want to talk about so, Yoko. Who killed John Lennon? According to this theory, supposedly Stephen King. Supposedly Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King, like the like the author, killed John Lennon. So, okay, I guess my first question is that did he is this theory positing that Stephen King did it himself, or that Stephen King did something that led to John Lennon being killed? So, I found an article on probably the sketchiest website I think I've ever Perfect. opened on my device before, and I really hope if anybody looks this up that you've got good malware protection because it's. It's pretty is, sketch. I know, but this is perfect for a conspiracy conversation. So, Stephen King's, all, all caps, Stephen King's murder, right? So, to give you a quick summary, apparently, Stephen King gunned down John Lennon, shot him in the back, quote, like the coward he is, and stole a musical political genius from all of us. This is that, like the coward he is, direct quote from this site. And the, the, you want to know the name of the site? Yes. Again, if you're going to look this up, use some virus mm-hmm. protection. Lennonmurdertruth.com. <laughs> so this is the whole point. This is the whole point of the website. Oh my gosh. Wait, you want to know where it gets better? Yes, I'd love. Oh, this is already like. Okay. Nixon and Reagan facilitated this nightmare assassination as well as Yoko Ono. And I really hope I didn't pronounce that wrong, but I probably that is did. Correct. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's correct white. pronunciation. No, Yoko Ono. Yeah, that's correct pronunciation. Here's the great part, right? You want to know some of the primary basis of this theory? Uh, yes, of course. It's because Stephen King refuses to deny it. Well, not even refuses. Stephen King hasn't denied it. Stephen King hasn't gone out and said, I did not shoot John Lennon. That's that's like a, so that's like the that's biggest, like a big thing. So Not the biggest, I don't think, but that's no, like a big but I would I would argue that is the biggest concrete evidence for this theory is the fact that he just hasn't denied it yet. Now, whoever wrote this article is super... Whoever wrote this article <laughs> is super angry. 
Like, let me let me throw some direct quotes out here. Again, LennonMurderTruth.com is where we're getting this from. As crazy as this is, um, it is like we do want to credit it to them. Uh, so here's the first paragraph. Stephen King is a murderer. He shot John Lennon in the back like the coward he is and stole a musical genius from all of you. He ruined your world deliberately and now you are living in the nightmare he has created for for you. Now until you put him in jail where he belongs, all of you are really just his cowards. So I looked this up. I looked this up separately from the website that you have just to like get some corroborating evidence. Uh-huh. I'm on Q106.5.fm and they are talking about, and they, they wrote an article about this because apparently this was like, this, this was posted on a van somewhere. Yeah. Like this was just on a van somewhere. And the guy who came up with this theory is by the name of Steve Lightfoot was totally okay. So like it says at first I kind of chuckled to myself because I assumed it was some kind of joke. I figured it was a band van trying to piss off the locals or maybe some college kid trying to be funny. But as I looked a bit closer to the things that were written on pieces of paper that were taped to the inside of the windows, I began to see that this guy, Steve Lightfoot, was totally and completely serious, and also perhaps just a bit out there. Oh, I think this website this website's written by Steve Lightfoot. This is his website. This yes. makes sense. So again, we're getting this directly from the source of so, the person. We, this is rare because we don't get this normally. And now I've got I've got the home page pulled up. Right? Oh, I'm loving Here, this here's even more. Look. Here's how he wants to grab you. Find out the truth about John Lennon's assassination with a 24-page booklet that he's selling, right? Okay. Here's the, here's the excerpt. This reveals government codes in major magazines, including the killer's face and true identity. Apparently, government codes are in magazines. All right. So what I'm going to ask you, so we can wrap this up, because we have been here for a minute. What are the Cliff Notes evidence that any of this is actually true. Here you go. Here's, here, uh, from, again, from just skimming it, here's what I found. The closest Stephen King ever came to denying my Lightfoot's claim that he killed John Lennon was in 1994 in Santa Cruz, California, when a girl asked him if he killed John Lennon. He said, quote, no, dramatic long pause, comment. He couldn't just say no. You see? I do, but I have so many hangups with this theory. So many. I feel like, is, is it just me or does it feel like there's so much trying to be packed into this one thing? There, right, there's a lot. So uh, um, another, another thing I've found here that might, you know, give a little more evidence. He has confided to his friend who used to own a now-closed bookstore. This is Lightfoot, right? Or is this Stephen King? Stephen King. Confided okay, to okay. a friend. Just want to clarify. St- is, he says Stu is the name of the friend he confided in. Um, okay. That King is afraid of getting fried is what it says. That, that, that's what this guy's written in this article. Now, again, this is direct, this is straight from the horse's mouth, uh, as the saying goes. Like, this is his website. I mean, and he's this guy's going after Stephen King. He's got stuff in here saying, um, King has done like these terrible things, like he's. I don't want to go into some of it because some of it I'm sitting here reading like, oh, we probably shouldn't talk about that because tr- like if it's true, oh no. If it's not true, like I don't want I don't want that in our podcast. Which like, is completely fair. That's why, that's why I'm, that's why I'm like asking you like the base tenets of like because um, again I feel like there's a lot going on here that makes it what makes me want to discredit it so badly. Um yeah. So another thing that's important. 
Uh, he says the government tried to run King down in 1999 to shut up Lightfoot's story. Um, and the driver who failed, I guess like someone tried to run King over with like a van or something. And the driver who failed was found dead quickly after. So Stephen King is a serial murderer. I mean, so, so no, what I think what he's alluding to is that because Lightfoot is making these claims, right? It's starting to, it's, it's quote frying Stephen King. And so the government hired someone to run Stephen King over the guy who tried to do so failed. And then the government had him snuffed, like had the driver snuffed. Okay. I'm like, why wouldn't they just have Stephen King snuffed, you know? Have him be assassinated. So, so to clarify, <laughs> so the guy from the government tried to run over Lightfoot or King? Uh, tried to run over King. Okay, again, that, this, so that's where I go back to. That doesn't, it doesn't make, make sense. sense because if King was working with the government in the first place, why are they not trying? Why were they trying to kill him? Yeah, there's, oh my goodness, there's a lot to it. Talking about like, uh, let's see. Uh, here we go. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. So the, the uh, here's the here's the running down thing. I guess it was six years after Lightfoot spent six months in Bangor with a van that says Stephen King shot John Lennon on it. Um, Stephen King was mowed down by a van with an unruly large Rottweiler dog distracting the driver. And he says, "Can you see the parallels to? Oh, I'm gonna mispronounce this. Cuyo uh, or Cujo." Cujo. And Christine, the movie about a car who plays rock and roll that seemingly can't be killed. Can you see how the government wanted all of you to say, geez, remember that guy with the van from California and now King to say, or now King ends up getting killed by a van? I don't know. This, this is like, the more I look, the more I realize, first of all, this article was a lot longer than I thought it was. This is like equivalent, like four or five This pages. is a manifesto. Yeah. This is, this is insane. Uh, oh my gosh. Do you want to hear his uh, closing statements? Of course. His, okay, he has a PS and he has a PPS. Do you want to hear both of them? Okay, before we get to that, is there a, we can cover those, but is there an explanation of how we stumbled upon to this information um, at the beginning? I, I'm just. I, is there a, like what, I really want to know Lightfoot's, like, what, what for him went, like what made the light bulb go off in his head that this was like that, that he believes in this so fundamentally. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to figure out. I don't. Okay. Know. So read me the PS and the PPS because well, first I'm, of all, uh, here's part of his primary, the primary part of his, one of his closing statements. I want King to live to tell us all what he knows about the government. And this is not any of our beliefs. I am very fundamentally very against much what, what we're about. This on is this. a quote from Lightfoot. I want King to live to tell us all what he knows about the government and the Jewish communist plot against the United States. What? I think this dude's a little off his rocker. <laughs> this is like Bobby Fischer level insanity. Here's another part of his closing statement. Did Big Oil kill John Lennon to start a war with Iraq? Is $4 a gallon gas a plot to kill the middle class as a new world order plan suggests? Help me come forward before I get killed, please. I need your support. If I were to write a song now, my first verse would be live wire walking on a high wire, poor life hanging by a thread. Busting the government for John Lennon's murder, 
lucky I'm not already dead. What is happening? <laughs> so here's this piece. Riley, my brain is being wrinkled right now. I don't know what to think. I'm I'm speechless. I'm Here, absolutely speechless. Here's his PS. And again, this is this this first let's let's both just clear the air really quick before I read these two. Go for it. I don't believe this. I I'm trying to understand why he believes it. Like I, I'm so I do not connect with the words of no, Stephen Lightfoot. Not at and all. It's going to be important. Here's his PS. I just learned from a Bangor resident that King has legally changed his primary residence from Maine to Florida. Now, I'm going to hop in here and say probably because he's being harassed by Lightfoot. Um, just as a, yeah, just as a potential simple explanation. Now he, Stephen King, can run from his murder status and play cards with OJ Simpson. There's more. <laughs> I've thought I heard some crazy crap in my life. Here's his PPS. Main residence. Get over your weak, polite, un-American position of protecting Stephen King from my expose and find your moral compass. Though I may be in New York for several weeks, I will return and hope to find that you found a spine to help me reel in the monster who murdered John Lennon. What? I'm utterly speechless. I'm like, this is the first time I've been utterly speechless at something. You, like, I knew the world of conspiracies was vast and that there were some really far out there ones. I think we found. I, 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 I don't even know. Like, there's theories we're not going to touch just out of respect for, like, some things in said theory. Like, um, I know we talked about doing 9-11 at one point in time. Probably yeah. never going to just because we don't. We don't. That's not the type of podcast we yeah. ever wanted to do. I feel like it'd be disrespectful to the people. I a hundred percent agree. Where I'm going with this is that this is one of those things that we have discovered that we will probably never touch again. This this is like our this is gonna be a running joke for the rest of oh, our yeah. show. Is hey, at least it's not as bad as you know Stephen Lightfoot thinking that or Steve Lightfoot thinking that uh, Stephen Stephen King killed, um, you know John Lennon. Like that. This is this is that apex. We have found our apex, Riley. Two, this is two more sentences to end off end off his article here. See my other chapters below. Beware Bob Grant et al. Chapman is crap, man. And NYPD plot at Strawberry Fields to get the scoop on the evil witch Yoko Ono. Okay, I'm okay with the hate for Yoko Ono. That's I don't know a, anything about her. Everyone attributes her as the reason the Beatles broke up. Oh, so well, whenever you hear in like uh, like passing, someone's like, "Oh, don't be a Yoko," because there's the the mm. person who came from outside the group that broke up the group. Ah, okay. That is why everyone hates Yoko. Last last excerpt in this right, and when, when I've been paraphrasing and adding pieces of what's like five pages of information, like like if you put this in a word document, it's a lot, right? We could do You've, a whole entire seminar about this. And I've been toning down some of what I imagine his tone writing this is. Written years ago in my angry young man days, I promise I'm less bitter lately. My experience, you get more bitter the older you get. And this dude's angry. <laughs> like, this dude's mad and all, like... Okay, so. And now that we're just in complete and utter shock... <laughs> uh, rate, rate it, one out of five. 
Can we make it one out of ten? Like, can we do it out of ten? Because this is no. Let's do one out of five. We don't. I, mean, I think okay. we should up this to ten because this is more massive and <laughs> expansive than any of the other smaller topics that we've talked about this entire episode. Yeah, sure. Why not? Can we just? And I. That's where I go with. I don't know whether to give this a ten out of ten just for absurdity or not even acknowledge it with a score because of how out there it really is. I mean, yeah, I was saying, like, out of five, I'd give it, like, a ten, because this is just whack. Yeah, like, okay, yeah, no, that's perfectly, out of five, this is ten, because it's absolutely whack. I mean, this is, like, we, we've we talked about some weird conspiracies. We've talked about, talked about some crazy conspiracies, and but some this crazy one is hypotheticals. like, like, angry, Like, wild. I would rather go back to talking about Santa Claus or St. Nicholas being <laughs> yeah, Odin again. Yeah. Can we go back to the Pickle Boys? Yeah, can we go back, yeah, can we go back to the Pickle Boys, because this is... I mean, this dear is listener, just... if you're if you're pondering what what is happening to Riley and I at this moment in time, we, all Ooh. I can say is we are simply we've never experienced this on the show before, and I thank you for joining us for that. But this is all... we found our we found our apex of absurdity. I just read the greatest part about all of this, and this is, we're just going to end on this. There's we're a greatest end on this. The section that I've been reading from that's about five pages. This is his footnotes. Uh oh, there are eight more tabs of this stuff and they're longer. I told you this is a manifesto. One of bro. them is labeled Stephen King's letters to me. Me being Lightfoot. So I don't think we're done with talking about this. We may but, have to come back to this. But yeah, so um This man makes me believe that the Matrix both does and does not exist. Th- I mean how could someone uh, be that far out there? I'm just Oh no! I was okay. I was on a different tab. Um, the footnotes is longer. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not even kidding. The footnotes is three, four, five times as long as what I was reading before. Okay, so this, yeah, well, that's what we'll end on. This is there's there is more to this, but again, on on behalf of coffee and conspiracy, I would like to say that we do not agree with, especially the whole over like considered whole what is it the jewish communist plot yeah, against the u.s came out of left field yeah because you know for some reason people just got to find a reason to, to hate people but uh, yeah yeah we'll, we'll end on a i guess stephen king um shot john lennon in the back and this guy knows all about it <laughs> yeah i don't even want to end our like i don't even think we can end the show the same way because i'm just so far removed from reality Wait, right now can we end it with this sentence i just read yes the opening of his footnotes. I must interrupt the content below to talk about how lame and dysfunctional all of you people are. <laughs> That's a great way to keep people's attention. <laughs> um, so nonchalant. Yeah. Like, compared to yeah. the rest of the article, that is just like, you all suck, by the way. It's like... Yeah, you guys suck. You We I suck? Held, what is this? I, I guess... I guess he held a rally and people were not a fan of it and he says they suck. Um, oh my gosh, I'll give him hats off for exercising his freedom of speech, but this is, this is what the founding fathers didn't want. That's all I'm saying. I mean, I, I gotta stop reading this. Uh, yeah, I we need to, we need to, okay. so, <laughs> oh my gosh. All right. So we've rated each of these. Um, how'd you, how'd you like the, uh, how'd you like the Dunkin' Coffee? To just I, completely whiplash gears. Yeah. Listening. Cause there's nothing else we can really do at this point. I liked it. Like that was a more tolerable, like medium roast than mm-hmm. what I've like, I I would in the future, if I was like Jones in for a cup of coffee and I was just out one day, I'd swing my Duncan. Yeah. Well, and it's cheap. 
it's cheap, and it's I'd probably crazy. and I'd probably end up doing more like what I just mentioned earlier, like something frou frou. Like I'd be like, ah, uh, my uh, there was this um guy, this social media influencer that I followed for a while. His name was uh, Shawnee Styles, man, and he, he did this thing called Man Boy Mondays. Uh, it was super weird, but he had this thing called the Shawnee Special. It was from Duncan. It was a like medium iced uh, latte with six pumps of caramel and six pumps of coconut. Huh. And, I mean, I'm, not and extra, of, I'm not a fan and of extra coconut. cream. I'm not a fan of coconut. That's but, fine. No, an extra cream. Cool. But it was supposed to be like, that is what you got on Man Boy Mondays. Uh, that was the Shawnee <laughs> special. <laughs> so cool. like, that's what I've been drinking, but it's very sweet. And I really need to cut back on my sugar content. So I'm okay. This is good. This is a good alternative. I like this a lot. Yeah, no, I mean, like it's, it's not my favorite, but mm-hmm. that's just because I'm bougie. Um, and that's bougie's but okay. But no, like it's not bad. I like, you know, you know, it's really surprising, um, which we don't have to go too far down a rabbit hole for. McDonald's coffee. I've heard great really things good. about McCafe coffee. You want to know why? This is sort of a mini conspiracy. Not really conspiracy, but a mini thing in itself. So um, Tim Hortons used to be like leading fast food coffee. That's what I've heard. Uh, like super good coffee. Um, and I actually, I heard this from a, um, from someone, a couple people from Canada, right? Who were like, yeah, Tim Hortons was the way to go. It was like the best coffee you can get. McDonald's sucked. Like Burger King sucked. Like all this, right? Burger King bought Tim Hortons. Okay. And so Tim Hortons owned all these bean fields that they used for their coffee, which like not the best, but really it was like good, good coffee, like good coffee for what you were spending. Burger King bought them instead of continuing to use those fields. Burger King sold them all and made Tim Hortons that they just bought use the Burger King fields, which suck. Like Burger King coffee, personal opinion, sucks. I didn't I even know. It. I didn't know. BK, I didn't even know BK had coffee. I don't know if they still do, right? But Tim Hortons is now using Burger King fields. McDonald's bought all the Tim Horton fields that got sold, which is why their coffee's so good. I mean, w- again, McDonald's it's not the best, and I'm sure some people are like McDonald's coffee sucks, but I like McDonald's. I've coffee. heard consistent. I've heard more consistent good reviews about McCafe coffee instead of Starbucks. Yeah, I, I don't like Starbucks. I like the variety that Starbucks can provide me. Yeah, yeah. But at that point, I'd start drinking it like Dutch Bros. I yeah, really I, love Dutch Bros. I wish I there only, was one here in Owensboro. I only get Starbucks if I got a gift card and I don't, I don't like to buy their bean bags. They're, That's fine too. I, just, I rarely buy bean I, Their roasts are weird. They burn like they, oh, I feel like they of, burn their Oh, I brought the Hawaiian coffee with me so I'm going to give that to you. Oh, for next week. A little teaser to next week. I think, I think we try Hawaii. one of the Hawaiian ones next week. Some I'll let you decide. But there's the Royal Blend uh, and then there's the Kona Company. Okay. So yeah. So, uh, yeah, a little bit of teaser for next week. Something really big coming up with uh, co- coffee, coffee, coffee from Hawaii. Coffee and conspiracies. Um, but, yeah, <laughs> thanks for listening to our absurdly long ramble about a bunch of ran- oh, excuse me, about a bunch of random things and um, this John Lennon plot thing. The, the, again, uh, to be continued. To be we'll continued. come back at a later episode and be like, what? Um... But yeah, uh, this has been interesting. This is a lot of fun. Um, yeah, uh, I guess if you want to, we can rate the coffee out of ten. Just uh, to- I honestly like, I'd give it uh, like it's pretty up there for me, like a nine ten. I give it like a seven. That's and that's completely not, fair. Not a bad seven. <laughs> you no, know? I'm saying for like for like just a generic medium roast, I'd give it a ten. Yeah, like it's one of my favorite. It's one of my better better liked ones. I will say that you tried the peppermint bark in the Keurig machine. Yeah, I actually liked it. You, I love I, that. I I detest you know like Keurig cups. That's but, I, I mean okay, okay, they're cheap and they're really easy. So like 
no, I have no, I just don't like the flavor of them, you know? That's completely okay. Um, but if I'm in a rush or if I'm like over, over here for a class or something, and I don't have coffee and I'm needing some coffee. Like, yeah. I'll use oh yeah. No, 100%. Like, I, I prefer no, the, to the get like a, good. I prefer like a Mr. Coffee machine. Like, like just regular, like, oh, you like put, a like coffee you, pot. Yeah. Like a coffee pot. Yeah. yeah. I, I just, I, I think that's, that's like, that's all my dad prefers it, but mm-hmm. he drinks Folgers. So we, that's a whole other conversation for another time. I still think one of these days when we run it, we should have the radio station director bring over his old fashioned oh percolator gosh. and give it. Derek, and, and Derek has old... a six year old percolator. He gave Riley and I coffee out of it and it was oh. just basic. It wasn't, he said it was basically Duncan blend or something like that. Yeah, it was Duncan blend, but you couldn't tell. It was, you could, it was, it was so that was that was so a good nine good. out of ten for me. But oh, I'd anyway, give that a ten. Um, before we get rambling too far again, um, we want to thank the radio station WKWC ninety point three for allowing us to use um, use the podcast studio to record what we're doing. It is a huge blessing. Uh, if you have any ideas for coffees for us to try or topics for us to cover, go ahead and shoot us an email at Panther Radio at kwc.edu. That's two R's on the Panther and the radio. Yeah, pantherradio at kwc.edu. We appreciate you all giving us a listen to our our weird ramblings and weird episode today on this beautiful rainy day. Um, And most importantly, uh, as we can very much tell from Lightfoot's writing, this is a simulation. Wake up, Theo. Follow the white rabbit.